0: This is Fighting for Fair, the podcast that brings you true stories about social justice. Remarkable Australians share stories about fighting for their right to a fair go. I'm Corinne Grant. I'm a graduate lawyer and I'm passionate about social justice and standing up for what's right. Mohammed had a dream. To come to Australia and earn a degree in architecture. When he got here, everything seemed well. He was studying hard, he was getting distinctions, he even got a job at 7 Eleven to pay his way through uni. But slowly, his dream began to turn into a nightmare. This is Muhammad's story.
1: It was a dream for me to come to Australia. I took that decision. I was in year seven. I came from India from a common family. Coming to Australia is a big thing, doing your own part-time job, paying for your own tuition fees, not putting pressure on your parents. The reason I came here was to study my double degree in architecture and construction management. I found out that that course was only available in Australia, all over the world. Finally, dream came through. I came here with a little of money. I found out a few weeks after that I was left with just $25 to live my life. When I realized that I don't have much money to spend, just $25 until I find a job, I started writing down my expenses on my personal diary. My actions, including my phone calls that I make. How long do I make phone calls? How much cost comes on to me? And then match up those phone numbers, those times and expenses end of the month with the bills. I would even write down the amount that I borrowed to someone else, even if it is a $5, $10 or I borrowed it off someone else so that I know I owe them this much. That habit did really help me along the line. Lucky enough, I found a job at 7-Eleven, not long after I came here. And I worked there for about nearly two and a half months, unpaid training. I met with the owner. They offered me a job. They said, we'll give you a job. But the immigration states that you can only work 20 hours a week. We'll help you out. We are a family. Don't say about your hours, about your pay to anyone else. Because if you do, you'll be in trouble. Working 20 hours a week could have been enough if I was getting paid right, but I wasn't. What I was offered at the job was $10 an hour. I was kind of forced to work more than 20 hours, 40, 50, 60 hours a week just to leave. I was grateful to my owners, the employers, that they gave me a job. And I worked hard, long hours, 50 to 60 hours a week, along with my studies at any university. It was hard enough doing a double degree, along with long hours of work, especially night time, 8 in the night till 8 in the morning, without any break. Nearing Christmas that year, my employer told me that I was lucky enough to start a job in his new shop somewhere in Posh, Melbourne, which was about an hour and a half away from my home. I was happy that he gave me an opportunity, and I took that offer. Started working there, realised that it is hard, travelling three, four hours every day, back and forth spending time on that, paying for my ticket by myself. That affected my studies. From being very good in my studies, high scores actually went down, really down, to a point that I lost most of my units, failing or near to fail, mainly because not submitting projects on time, or not submitting at all, because of too many hours of work. So I asked for a pay rise from $10 to 11 not being greedy, not the minimum wage, not what I was entitled for, just to cover my travel expenses. When I asked for such a little pay rise, the attitude of my employers changed. From being the best, the one, best customer service. They said I wasn't doing the job that I should be doing, being lazy and not happy with the customer service. That was something that I never expected. And it got to a point that I'll get kicked out of here sooner or later. I also realized, if not me, there was already four people lined up there, just like me. Students, international (laughs) students. So if I leave, they don't lose anything. The only person who would lose would be myself. But I had no choice. They fired me. I didn't know where to go. What to do. Asked around. Friends. They said they are big people. They have got their own lawyers, money. You're just an international student. End of the day, you're going to get kicked out of here and... They might just have to pay a thousand or a couple of thousand dollars, fine, that's it. But I wait. I thought, if I don't do anything now, that I had the best opportunity to, who's going to stand up? Who's going to do something against this scandal? I researched, met with many people, put a complaint through to favour combatsmen. They took the case to the court. When we got to the court... We had nothing, no strong evidence to prove against. When the judge asked for the more documents about my employment history, the paperworks, they said it's all been destroyed. What they claimed was apparently there was a flood in the shop, which destroyed the whole documents, the video, audio surveillance, everything, which I never knew. But there was one thing which was my personal, my personal diary which I started writing it down when I got here. I pulled it out and said, I have got the whole hours that I worked. Here it is. This is my personal diary with my whole accounts. You can ma- match those details, the date, the time, the pay. Everything with my pay slip, which I also kept along with me When they tried to say that it was a fake document made up after I left the shop All I could say was this is My daily life This is my expenditures. This is my phone calls. It took nearly about three and a half, four years for the court to wind up the case, since I first started. Yes, we won the case. The judge ordered the employer to pay, but they declared themselves bankrupt. Did not get pay. Everything that I did just was nothing. So few years, couple of years after we started it again rather than the franchisee we went to the big people the big giant I had medias many many good people we had hearings finally years after that I worked there nearly about 10 years I got my pay completely way more than that I asked for Although won the case, I still remember a year before I walked into many shops, many 7-Eleven shops, convenience stores, met my fellow workers, asking them, hey, you've been ripped off, come along, I'll help you, I'll get you pay. I can see the sadness in their eyes, they looked at me and said, no, would rather ca- get paid under than not get paid at all. It is a question of survival. I stood one step back, and I thought that was me ten years ago, just where exactly where he is standing behind the tills, thinking exact same way. I was so empowered to say, "I'm you, and it's you. It's your turn now. Step ahead, stand up, fight for your rights."
0: After the 7-Eleven scandal broke, Morris Blackburn announced free legal advice to any 7-Eleven worker trying to get back wages and entitlements denied to them. With the help of Morris Blackburn lawyers, Muhammad stood up to a global corporation and won back the wages he deserved and more. Muhammad is a hero to all those denied basic rights because of corporate greed. In a fair and just society, we should never allow vulnerable individuals to be exploited for commercial gain. Fighting for Fair is a partnership between Mama Mia and Maurice Blackburn, Australia's leading social justice law firm. They believe that fairness is a universal right, and to live in a fair and just society, we need to fight for the rights of others as much as our own. Next time on Fighting for Fair, you probably know Michael Caton from a little film called The Castle. I did this film called The Castle. Uh, It was the the little guy up against big corporate interests. And being a fairy tale, we actually won. But did you also know he's a battler for the environment? So my life as as a sort of social activist just progressed, progressed. And when I did get to the point where... I did have a bit of uh, a following. It, it wasn't a huge leap to say, well, we can use that. We can use that. Michael Caton is still telling them they're dreaming. Next week on Fighting for Fair. You can share these stories of social justice and help champion basic rights for workers in a couple of ways. Tell a friend about this podcast or share it with someone you think would like it via the sharing links on your podcast app. Subscribe to the show. This small act of support means we know we are getting the message out there. Rate it in iTunes. By leaving a rating and a review, it means more people can see this podcast pop up in the podcast charts. All of these things really do help us to get these incredible stories out there. Never forget the power of a story to create the change you want to see. I'm Corinne Grant and this show was produced by Beth Gibson. Podcast concept created by Morris Blackburn. Executive producer of podcasts at Mamma Mia is Monique Bowley. Head of entertainment is Holly Wainwright.